What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered. So happy to have you here today. As always, it's already episode 30 of my podcast. I still feel like I have a new podcast, I guess, just because like I launched it this year. But thinking about it, I'm like, do I still have a new podcast if this is episode number 30? I mean, I don't know. I think I should stop calling it new. Anyway, you guys, today I'm back with another solo episode for you, and I am talking today about money, finances, and everything having to do with that. I mean, not necessarily everything, but you know what? This is going to be like potentially our first of many episodes talking about money. I feel like it is definitely one of the things that I've talked about on YouTube for a while now, and I really enjoy making content having to do with saving, budgeting, uh, opening up about my personal money relationship and struggles over the years and things like that. So hopefully you guys will find this relatable or um, helpful. And I want to shout out all of you guys who submitted questions for this episode. We're going to do those at the end like we usually do. But first, you know, we're going to just kind of talk about some different things. We're going to talk about credit and debt and budgeting, saving, just all of it. Investing. I don't know why, but I really just have interest in like the YouTube side of finance, personal finance. I just feel like, you know, nowadays you can find out so much great information, even just by like watching YouTube videos on like best, you know, saving and budgeting and investing tips and things like that. And it's really cool that you can find that information just so easily for free out there right now. So of course I always encourage you guys, like I am definitely no expert, you know, I'm not a personal finance expert. You guys have questions about something or you have interest in a specific Um, you know, money topic or whatever it is, like maybe you want to learn about investing or you want to figure out how to set up um, your retirement fund or something like that. Like you can always find so much great information, you know, not only on YouTube, but on the internet in general for people talking about what they've done. So I just want to kind of encourage that at the beginning of this episode, you know, there is a lot of free resources out there. So, you know, take advantage of that. And I know it's hard when you're like, young and in your 20s and in college it's it's so hard to like have money and save money especially when you're going to school and you're not like you're not like in your full-time job or whatever yet and of course you know at a time like this a lot of people are unemployed and probably looking for you know little random ways to make money on the side or just anything so I also encourage side hustles I think that if you guys have watched me you know that you know I've always encouraged kind of different multiple sources of income if that's something that's possible for you. If money is something that is, you know, a constant struggle for you and you do have, you know, some free time to dedicate to some sort of a side hustle, I think that it can be so rewarding and so worth it to start side hustling. I mean, there is so many things you can do. It's crazy. You can be a nanny. You can be a babysitter, a dog sitter. You can get on apps like Rover and um, what's the other one? Wag. You can get on all kinds of sites for pet sitting and all these things. You can start a Depop or a Poshmark shop if you want to sell things that you have in your closet that are in pretty good condition. Um, You could start an Etsy shop. You could start a small business uh, over Instagram. You could start a tie-dye shop. You know, whatever, whatever it is. I 
mean, obviously those are just a few things. There's so many more than that. I always encourage that too, a side hustle. You know, sometimes I feel like we get fixated on like, I have to have this one job that's going to be like my full-time income, you know, and that's like my job. That's all I'm going to do for money. I just need to find that like perfect work or something like that. And I do feel like in, you know, that works for some people, of course, it depends on what type of job you have and if that's enough to sustain your lifestyle. But, um, I just want to say that also, like, I really encourage any sort of side hustle if you're struggling for money and, um, yeah, don't ever feel like you can't do it because so many people have started businesses from nothing and it's, you know, become their full-time thing. So, okay, now let's get into the intro for this episode and then we'll get into all of our money tips, questions, advice, struggles, all of the things. Shout out to our reviewer of the week this week. Her name is Emily and she left a really awesome review and it says, like many people who have left reviews, I've watched Lindsay since the old Navy pink bedroom days. If you guys have watched me since literally back then, yes, I used to work at old Navy. That was my second job. I worked there when I was like 16 to 17. Um, anyway, back to the review from watching since high school to after college. I feel like I've really grown up with Lindsay growing from loving makeup and going to IMATS to finding new interests and stuff like zero waste, positivity, raves, and being a dog mom. (laughs) When I listen to these podcasts, I really do feel like I'm listening to a true friend. 100 out of 10. (laughs) Love how open you've been about everything lately, specifically substances and sex. This podcast has gotten me hooked, and as long as you keep creating content, I will always be a fan. Thank you so freaking much, Emily. This was so, so, so sweet. We're at almost 500 reviews, you guys, which would be such a milestone for me. So if you guys are listening to this right now and you haven't left a review and you've been an avid listener, um, it would mean so much to me to get to 500 reviews pretty soon. So if you have a spare you know, minute to write a review, um, that would mean so much to me. But shout out to our reviewer of the week, Emily. There will be another reviewer of the week shouted out next week. And with that being said, let's get into our bops and flops of the week. I can't lie, you guys. It has been an incredible past week. Oh my gosh, which I guess I'll get into it in the bops. But let's start off with a flop. And I honestly feel like this is the flop that I go back to all the time. Like, I feel like this is a flop overall, just in my general life. It's just something that I'm not incredible at. Um, and that is work life balance. I feel like this whole summer I've been, which I I don't regret this. I've literally had the best summer of probably the past like five years that I can remember. Like I have been so happy this summer and I just feel like I've grown a lot Anyway, back to my flop. (laughs) Um, I feel like I've been living for the weekends and I will just like work. I'll usually just work like Monday to Thursday. Usually sometimes I'll work on Friday and I feel like I like cram everything into like a few days and get all my content like pre-recorded and pre-scheduled and I'll like schedule a video to go up and I'll schedule my podcast like three or four days in advance. And then I just like don't have any work to do over the weekend and I have fun. 
um, or just, you know, treat myself, just don't do work. I feel like that's a very normal thing, but I don't know. I have been struggling a little bit recently with my work and life balance and kind of giving, being a little bit more strict on myself. Um, I do feel like I've been pumping out like a good amount of content, so I'm proud about that, but I do think I could be a little bit better and just kind of set up more time to get more things done during the week. I just, I feel like self-discipline is definitely lacking a little bit for me right now and, um, that's okay, but, um, it's definitely like, I feel like a little bit of a flop right now. So that is going to be a goal, um, as the summer is ending and I'm not doing as much like outdoor stuff. Like I've been floating the river and going to the park and going to my friend's cabin because it's like very remote and little things like that. Um, this whole summer, which has been so fun. My first bop, like I already kind of mentioned is I've really had the best like past seven days. So I mentioned to you guys last week that my friend who I didn't see in a really long time, um, was coming into town last weekend and it was just so nice because he had never been to Idaho before. So when people have never been to Idaho before and I get to host them or just like do something with them on the trip, it's so freaking fun, especially cause like, like I've been saying, it's still summer. So it's still like, you can do so much stuff here. I feel like on the water in the summer. So we had such a fun weekend. We went to like a hot springs and then we went to my friend's cabin for one night and it was just really, really fun. So that weekend was so, so fun. And then I was actually so pleasantly surprised the next day. Um, one of my friends from LA, if you guys are familiar with Miss Rebecca Black, she was in Idaho for the first time for like the past week. And she hit me up because Rebecca and I met back in 2013 and I saw her all the time when I lived in LA, but I hadn't seen her since. And so I literally hadn't seen her since probably like 2017. And it was so exciting. She came to Boise for a few days and with her girlfriend. Um, and it was just so fucking fun to see them. Like we went to float the river one day and we got like a nice um, drink outside and I got to take them to a couple, you know, just like Boise spots. And it that was just such a pleasant surprise because kind of, like I said, nobody really comes to Idaho. Um, and like they're from LA, you know, it was kind of surprising that they came to Idaho, but it was so fun. My next bop is that it's September and I don't know. I just feel really excited. <laughs> um, like it's going to be fall pretty soon and I'm so excited for just the fall energy. I don't know if that's a random bop, but I think, you know, a lot of us can, and I think it's funny because I think one of my flops from like one or two weeks ago was being sad that summer was ending, but uh, I don't know something about it being September right now is like, and I think it was also just a full moon the other day, like yesterday or the day before. So I know you guys, I know some people aren't that into like the moon phases. I'm not like super, super into it, but I definitely feel usually a full moon, you know, there's kind of like sometimes a shift in energy or it can kind of bring things to the surface almost like the full moon can intensify things. Um, I had a really good full moon this past week, but I've just, like I said, I've just been having like the best past week and, um, yeah, I'm just really, I'm single, I'm thriving, I'm happy. So that's kind of my last bop, um, is that I'm just really thriving right now, like to be completely honest. So, um, you know, that feels 
really good to say. (laughs) Um, Okay, you guys, that is my bops and flops of this past week. I hope you guys enjoy hearing those. And now let's go ahead and get into the bulk of this episode. So you guys know how much I enjoy opening up about finance on my YouTube channel. Um, I feel like I've made a lot of videos over the past probably two or three years about saving money, budgeting. I have an entire video about how to save up for moving out on your own for the first time. Um, that video I feel like is, has tons of tips, super helpful. What else? I've definitely done. I have my, like what I spend in a week videos, which I haven't done one in a while, but people were saying when I asked for video ideas the other day that they would want to see another one of those. So I think I'll try to do like a, what I spend in a month video. That would be honestly a lot, but I think that like, it would be interesting. So some point in the next, obviously it's going to take like a month to film that, but, um, I think I'm going to try to do that or maybe just another, what I spend in a week. I think those are really insightful and just kind of like interesting overall to watch. Um, but anyway, you guys, I, I do think that normalizing, um, talking about money, especially as a female, And amongst other females, I think that it's really important and that it should be, you know, more normalized and um, people should be more comfortable talking about it. Um, I also think that like we can talk with our close girlfriends if we feel comfortable about how much we make or if we think we should be making more, um, if we think we're making as much as other people in the same positions, things like that pretty much everyone wants money. Everyone kind of needs money. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that like it runs everybody's life, but in some ways, you know, it kind of does, you know, if you're going to live somewhere, if you're going to be able to afford a certain lifestyle that you want to have, like, of course you need to be making money. So that's why I think it's just, you know, everyone can relate to either the struggle of money or, having money, wanting to have more money. So I think it just needs to be something that we are able to talk about. And I'm happy to have a place where it's always been very accepted for me to talk about money and finance. And I'm going to open up in this episode a little bit, which I've never done before about like how much money, um, someone in my position can make, which I've literally never done that before, but it kind of got brought up in one of the points that I wanted to talk about. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like, why should we hide these things? Like, why should I be like weirded out or ashamed to be like, this is how much money you can make in a job like I have, you know what I mean? Because if you think about that, like, it's not weird for, you can look up any job pretty much on the internet, like blah, 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 salary, like average salary, obviously people's, um, salaries are going to range. It's going to range, but, um, you know what I mean? So like, why shouldn't it be normalized for YouTubers to talk about their salaries? Of course, like if you feel comfortable, right? So anyway, I just want to say, I will be talking about that in this episode. I'll also be talking about, uh, the opposite of making money, which was when I went into debt. I also have an entire YouTube video on that, which probably some of you guys have seen, but that goes really into detail of my, um, debt journey. I'm going to kind of just grace over that in this episode, but I did think it would be hopefully like a helpful thing to talk about because it was definitely not something that I expected to happen to me when I was like 22 years old, but a bitch was in debt and she got out of it and hopefully we won't be in debt again. I mean, I guess I'm technically in debt right now because I have a um, 
a car loan, but you know what I mean. I feel like that's something I'm not like going deep into piles of debt, if that makes sense. Like I was when I was um, abusing credit cards. So I mean, to put it frankly, I wanted to start with just kind of talking about my overall relationship with money a little bit, which I've never, I feel like I haven't thought about this too much, to be honest, but I feel like growing up, um, you know, I was pretty lucky. I feel like I was privileged and was able to have a good life. And I didn't really think too much about money. I mean, of course, normal kid things like over the summer we would do chores and we would have like chore lists and then we would get an allowance for doing our chores at the end of the week. Um, I feel like that's a very normal kid thing. So that's kind of like, I guess my first, um, ideas about making money. And then I had my first job when I was 15 and I think that's, I think I could have like maybe had a job when I was 14 and I did do some babysitting too, but I feel like that's, you know, pretty normal. Not necessarily like a, I mean, it is a job, you know what I mean? But it's not like you go in and like have an interview and stuff. So I think I did a little bit of babysitting when I think I was like 13, 14, 15, something like that. And then when I was 15, I had my first job and, um, Then I worked there for like a year and then I worked at Old Navy and then I actually got hired also at Delia's at the mall. But I remember it was super weird because I got hired and then I literally worked like like a training shift and I think they had hired like too many people or something because they didn't like fire me or tell me like I did anything wrong, but they like brought me in for training, but then just like never gave me any more shifts. And the same thing happened to my friend because she got hired at me at the same time. So I was super weird. But if any of you guys remember Delia's at the mall, um, I know they had a resurfacing with um, Dolls Kill earlier, like last year or the year before. Um, but since then a bitch has a canceled dolls kill show. That's a separate topic anyway, guys. Um, so yeah, I had like three different jobs besides like babysitting when I was in high school. And then when I was 15, I also started YouTube and I started making money from YouTube when I was 16. And then by the time I was 17, I was making enough money monthly from YouTube to quit my job at Old Navy. So since then, YouTube and of course, um, my other streams of income that are essentially from me becoming a YouTuber, which I'll talk about, um, have been my full-time positions (laughs) or like, I don't know if that makes sense that you guys obviously know I'm a full-time content creator. I think if you don't, yes, that is that is what I do. If I have been, you know, working since 1415, I think it's clear that I wanted to make my own money from a young age. And, um, I know that it's not normal necessarily to have been able to support yourself since you were like 17, 18 years old. Um, but I've been privileged enough to have a job that has allowed me to fully support myself since I, was probably about 17, I think. I mean, of course, at that time, I was still living at my parents' house. So maybe I, you know, couldn't have been able to fully support myself if I had moved out at 17. But I did move out, of course, at 18 for college. I paid for all my own stuff from that point on, which, of course, I'm not trying to say, like, everyone should be able to do that. Of course, I was in a very privileged position to have found, you know, a pretty good paying 
um, job (laughs) and begin my career at a younger age than most, you know? But yeah, that is, I definitely recognize my, my privilege in that. Um, but I also recognize, you know, starting YouTube at a young age, that was my decision. That wasn't, you know, something that was handed to me. So, um, but of course, you know, I feel like that takes, you know, some luck and some privilege as well. Of course, I'm sure I was able to, you know, have a webcam to use when I first started and things like that. So of course that is definitely a certain amount of privilege. Um, anyway, that is kind of my overall relationship with money. Um, and then I'll get into like after those years as well, because that's kind of when things, I feel like I had some issues with money in my younger twenties. And now I feel like just because I'm a YouTuber, Um, and I do make pretty good money, I would say for my, for my age. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't have money struggles and money stress. I actually really have a lot of stress around money most of the time. And it's because I've shared this before, but if you guys have heard other YouTubers kind of talk about how we make our money, um, you don't make a consistent amount every month. And sometimes brand deals are super, super slow. Like some months I'll, you know, have like one or two brand deals, and then maybe it will be three or four months before I do a single other brand deal. And, um, you don't necessarily know when like the brands that you're going to align with are going to come up, right? Like it just happens when it happens. And then we have to, you know, after we do the work, we typically don't see the money for, um, up to six, seven months after the job is completed. Sometimes you get paid out in like a month, right? But, um, most of the time I would say I'm waiting like at least two or three months after I create content, um, to get the check from that. So it's just kind of, and then that on top of the AdSense money that I make. So like the money I make for the ads on my YouTube videos, that is like never super consistent. It's not like that far off from month to month, but it's not a set amount because it's just based off of how many views you get in that month. So that can of course differ from video to video month to month. Sometimes I get fucking stressed about money because I don't know when money's coming in, um, in certain areas. And I'm like, Oh my God, I have a big tax payment coming up in September or whatever it is. Like, hopefully I'll be able to put away that money for my taxes. Um, things like that. So I definitely am not a professional at this shit. I definitely have my own, you know, struggles and I definitely overspend in some areas of my life. And I know that I do. You might look at somebody and be like, oh my God, they're so rich. They like have this lifestyle. They have this amazing house, this amazing apartment. But the truth is like, we never really know what's going on with someone's financial situation. And we don't know if somebody, you know, is paying off tons of student loans, or we don't know if somebody is maybe supporting somebody in their life that needs financial help. Or we don't know maybe if somebody's in tons of credit card debt, because that's definitely not something that I wanted to broadcast to everybody when I was in debt. You know, I told a few people, but um, things like that. So anyway, now that I've said that, (laughs) I wanted to really quickly explain um, my different streams of income for anybody that either might find interest in this or maybe um, has any interest in becoming a content creator or just wants to know about like different ways you can make money if you are 
an influencer or a YouTuber or a content creator, whatever you like to call it, or a blogger, something like that. So my main streams of income that I can at least think of that are my, my biggest um, are my brand deals. So that is, you know, working with a company that will reach out to me or will, you know, be talking, um, usually through email, they'll reach out and I do brand deals on YouTube and Instagram primarily. But I mean, if you are, you know, a TikTok influencer, um, or something like that, you could, you know, do brand deals over, over there, maybe like a Snapchat brand deal or something like that. So, you know, that brand deals are where I create, I would say most of my income. But then again, like I said, it depends because I might do two brand deals in one month and then not have one for three months. So brand deals, and then the next one would be my YouTube AdSense money, which um, for my particular ch- particular channel, I'm just going to say I couldn't even afford my rent payment every month if I only relied on my YouTube AdSense money and like no brand deals, no other forms of income. Um, uh, so if that gives you guys an idea, I mean, I'm not saying I have a big channel, you know what I mean? But um if that gives you guys any sort of an idea, like if people are just doing YouTube, I mean, most YouTubers of course do brand deals because doing YouTube AdSense is typically like not going to be enough to support yourself. Unless I would say if you're making like a, if you're getting like a hundred thousand views per video and you upload pretty regularly, I think that would typically be enough to support a lifestyle. But I mean, much less than that, like it, you're going to probably want to do some other work. So I kind of wanted to like say that it, it, I don't think it's as much as people think it is. Of course, unless you get like tons and tons of views, like if you're getting millions of views, every video, like you're definitely making great money from AdSense, but you know, that's probably not like the bulk of most content creators income. And that goes into why I created my Patreon this year, because that is like a regular monthly amount for people that want to get my extra secret content that will never be on YouTube and pay for that content. So um, I make my amount from Patreon every month. And that actually differs because, you know, some months I'll have more patrons, some months someone's patrons will, um, not be a patron anymore. So that is kind of like one of those things that I can count on a pretty reliable amount every month, but, um, I definitely am so glad I started that this year. Shout out to any of my patrons. I know probably a lot of you guys are listening, but that has been so nice because, um, you know, if you really think about it, like everything I've ever posted on YouTube for the past 10 years has been free. It's been completely free to watch. Um, nobody has ever, you know, personally out of their pocket that's watched one of my YouTube videos had to pay for that. Maybe they've bought other things that I have done or come out with or something like that, but you know what I mean? Um, so that is why it's so great to have a a platform like Patreon. Super grateful for that. And then my last streams of income are the podcast, um, which starting that this year was also great because I'm able to have, you know, my one, two, three, one to three ads in every podcast episode. And that is really great. I know that our sponsors have been pretty repetitive. They're usually the same, but that's just because they are regular sponsors. Um, 
And yeah, so that's been another tool for monetizing that I've added. And then lastly, which is probably one of my smallest forms of income, but it does come, you know, monthly or pretty regularly. And that is affiliate and commission links that I'll use. So most influencers do this, you know, you'll like maybe post a little shot of your outfit on Instagram story and say like swipe up for the link. And then sometimes, you know, you can find, it doesn't always work for every, you know, website and every product, but sometimes you can find a a link that will pay you. Typically it's like really not that much commission at all. Um, but it, it definitely can add up over the months. You know what I mean? Like using something like that for a long period of time. So affiliate and commission links are great because also because I can help out like a small business, for example, and then they can give me like a discount code for you guys to use. And that code would save you guys money and then make that small business money and then make me a little bit of commission from sharing their product with my audience. So it's kind of like a win-win for everyone. I love affiliate programs. Um, I think it's great because typically like they can offer a discount to my viewers as well, which is great. And it's a way that I can share some of my favorite smaller businesses with you guys. So that was kind of drawn out and long, (laughs) but um, those are my personal streams of income. I don't know if that was interesting, but I figured for anyone that might not know, that would be wondering, that is multiple different types of ways that you can make money from being a content creator. And now let's talk about some budgeting and saving tips. Cause of course that is stuff that you guys ask for a lot. So first talking about budgeting. So budgeting something that I feel like for me, when I was really struggling with like trying to pay off my debt and I was kind of just like in a place where I really was not at a good financial place, budgeting was something that I started to do that I had not really done before. Like I kind of used little apps that you can track your spending. And I feel like I'd always be like kind of aware of it, but budgeting is a different thing. That That is like tracking your exact income and expenses. And I do think that like, if you are at a place with money where you're really, really trying to save and you don't implement budgeting, I think that it could be something to try. I mean, you have to be kind of organized to do a, to do a budget. You know what I mean? Like it is something that you're going to have to spend a little bit of time on if you're, and I'm not saying you have to like track every penny you're spending. Like I think that, you know, some people might find that really helpful, but I definitely was more like looking at certain amounts that I would spend in certain categories every month. So, um, yeah. And I did budgeting for like probably like a year, maybe a little more than a year, but, um, I don't budget necessarily anymore. Like unless I'm really, really hardcore trying to like save for something or I'm like stressed about having like a bad financial month, then maybe I'll like revisit my budget and I have like an overall one written on my computer that's like a constant file. So I almost have this like document that it's not necessarily a budget, but it's almost like just this document on my computer that I put in um like all the bills that I have due that month and like when they're due. So I track that my car payment and my um car insurance. Uh, different things like that. And then I'll have um, a section where it's like money coming into me that like will be coming in the next month because I like can know typically those amounts and when it's going to 
come in. Um, so then I can look at that and be like, okay, when am I going to pay my rent? I mean, obviously I have five days to pay my rent, but you know what I mean? Like just making sure like, okay, I'm going to have this amount of money in the bank, like on that day. Cause I got to pay my rent. Um, things like that. <laughs> it's almost like a mini budget, but I don't track every penny that I spend. So I just kind of wanted to say that's what I do. And if you are interested in learning how to do a basic budget, I have a YouTube video on it that explains it um, more in detail. And um, you can check that out on my YouTube. I'll actually link it in the show notes of this episode if you want to go and watch that, if you are interested in creating your own budget. And like I said, budgeting is something that I think is just personal. Like if that's something that you want to spend time on doing, then I think it's a great thing to try. Um, But I don't necessarily think it's like super sustainable to like be tracking every penny for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? I mean, that definitely might work for some people for sure. So it just depends on like what you feel like is effective for you. And I also think if you don't want to spend time doing like tracking everything like that, but you still kind of want to implement budgeting, you can use um, different apps that track your spending. So, you know, you can use Mint or Capital. I believe it's Capital with a Q. I've heard that that one's pretty good too. And I think there's other ones, you guys, like there's definitely like some other ones that you can use that tell you like how much you're spending in every category. And those can just be super eye-opening because I do recommend that everyone at least like knows where the main amounts of their money are going to, because then you can see like, oh, okay, this is where I'm losing the most money. Maybe I can cut back in this area or, oh my gosh, I spent like a hundred dollars on this this month. Let's try to cut that back a little bit. I didn't really need to do that. You know, things like that. So you can kind of see like, oh my gosh, I'm spending this much money on alcohol or I'm spending this much money on food out. Maybe I should try to cook more at home, just little things like that. So I do think it is very beneficial to at least know the general categories that you're spending the most in. So I definitely recommend at least like using those apps if you are not going to like implement a budget um, and you're, you know, concerned about saving more money. Okay. So now I wanted to talk about saving money and I know it can be really hard, trust me, but I know for a lot of people and depending on how much money you make, of course, like you're just not going to be able to save very much. Um, but I think that it is important to at least talk about ways that you can save a little bit more, even if you're just saving like really small amounts, you know what I mean? So something that I implemented that's been pretty helpful to me and I really, really like it is I have like an online high yield savings account, which basically just means like you make a little bit more money on your savings than you would if your money was just in like a savings account for a bank, because usually those rates are pretty low. Um, I did want to say definitely do your research on banks versus credit unions because typically you can make um, a little bit better money and people typically from what I have heard um, have better experiences with credit unions than bigger banks but you know it just depends on what you like your lifestyle where you live But I do think that credit unions are worth looking into as well. You know what I mean? I I honestly just use like a normal bank, but I've always thought about switching to a credit union. So maybe at some point I will do that. But basically like what I do for saving money, like I said, is whenever I have like um, a brand deal check come in and I have like some extra money 
um, in the bank or something like that. Like whenever I just have like a little bit more than I feel like I need and I don't necessarily trust myself with keeping it in my normal bank account because it's just like so easy to swipe my debit card. Um, so I will transfer that. So I will transfer that over to my high yield personal savings account. I just have one with American Express, but there is tons of them online if that's something that you want to look into. Um, so you can definitely look that up. And I've just liked that because like I said, I make more money on the savings that are in there. And every month it adds like a little bit of interest. I feel like I'm the type of person, like if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Like I almost act like I don't have that money because it's in a separate account and I have to like transfer it over in between my bank account. And that takes like one to two days. So I can't just like immediately access the money, which is actually super, super helpful. Like I honestly do believe that that is the best way to do a savings account because you're not going to be able to instantly dip into it. For example, if like you are online shopping and you're like, oh my gosh, I just need to take out like a hundred dollars from my savings account to like make this purchase. And it's almost like an impulse thing. You're like, oh, it's just a hundred bucks or something like that. Like I really want like whatever this is that you're ordering online. And then like, I can't do something like that. Like I can't just like go into my bank account and take out a hundred dollars from my savings. Like I would have to go through like a whole one day process of like waiting for the money to transfer and you know, sometimes I do do that if I really, you know, need to pay for something or like maybe if I'm traveling and I'm like, I need to move some money over because I know I'm going to spend more money on this trip, something like that. But I just kind of wanted to say that that's why it's been like most effective for me to have that um, as opposed to just having it like on my phone and I can transfer the money over instantly. So um, also, of course, like if you do have any sort of savings account doing basically just like auto saving an amount of money, maybe like after you get your paycheck, um, even if you're auto saving, I don't know, $25, $100, depending on how much your paycheck is and how much your expenses are. Like, of course, I recommend like saving as much as you personally can, but I know that of course money is tight a lot of the time. Um, so having any sort of auto payments are, I feel like a good thing typically because it just kind of like forces you to do it. And after a couple months, you're probably just going to get used to some amount of that paycheck going away. And of course you can always adjust your auto payment amount. Like it's never like a set thing forever. You can go in and like change it if you're not able to contribute to your savings that month. So I definitely recommend doing that because it's just kind of something that's going to like force you to save. Now, I briefly wanted to discuss saving for retirement, which I've talked about this in my YouTube videos before. So if I sound like a broken record, I'm sorry, but I did kind of want to like emphasize the importance of at least beginning to like start contributing to your retirement account at a younger age because of one really, really, really big thing. And that is called compound interest. For example, if you began your retirement account when you were 20 years old versus 30 years old, and then, you know, an average age to retire is like about 65, you know, it could be younger, it could be older, depending on what you want to do. But, um, 
you are going to literally have an extra 10 years of that compound interest to grow and grow and grow your savings that you're putting in there. So think about just like how much more money you could have made from literally doing nothing. Like you could just have that money sitting in the bank and it will be making interest and it makes more interest the longer time that it's in there. So that's basically essentially how I would explain what compound interest is. You can research it if you are more interested in this. But um, I know that of course, being in our 20s, you know, retirement isn't necessarily something we're thinking about. But trust me, you guys, like, uh, it is just so important to at least have this on your radar. And I swear to God, you guys, like, there's been months where I contribute literally $10 to my retirement accounts, $10. And that, like, that's basically nothing, but you know what I mean? Like it's still something, you know, maybe months where I'm like, that is literally all I can contribute. Maybe some months I can contribute $250, $500. If I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just have like, you know, randomly a brand deal check came in and I have some extra money that, um, I don't necessarily want to spend, let's just go ahead and put this in savings. Like, so, um, I would just encourage you guys to do some research on that. There's, you know, 401k plans, there's IRAs and Roth IRAs. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I have a Roth IRA for my retirement account. It's basically called Vanguard. If anyone's interested, um, that is just what like my dad has like helped me set up when I was like, I think I started it when I was 17. Um, so shout out to that. Um, you can also do like mutual funds and like investing on there. So basically what I want to get across with this is just like, don't forget about the fact that you should set yourself up for success. And even if you literally are contributing like the bare freaking minimum, even if you can't contribute every month, like maybe you can do every three months or every six months, you're able to make a contribution to your retirement fund. Even that you guys is so much better than like waiting until you're like, you think you're financially secure, stable. And then you're like 35 and just starting your retirement account because think of all the years that you could have like been growing that interest. So that's just kind of the point I want to get across is like, even if you're not putting in a lot of money towards it, that, that money that you are putting in over time is going to build and build and build. So that's why it's just so smart to like start it earlier than you think you might be ready for. You know what I mean? So just keep that in mind, you guys. Lastly, in this category, I kind of just wanted to talk about uh, what I feel like I spend most of my money on and ways that I could cut back. Um, and I think we it's important to think about these things uh, for, you know, if we are trying to be more conscious about money. So I know 100, 100, 100% the thing I spend the most money on is rent. And obviously like most of us have to pay rent. Like <laughs> I'm not being like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to pay for rent. Um, but I, I have a bougie taste. I will not lie. Um, I think typically I have lived... Mm, right, right at the point or slightly above my means for the amounts that I choose to pay in rent every month, because y'all know a bitch lives alone. A bitch has a bougie taste. (laughs) If I actually compare my yearly income to the amount that I pay in rent yearly, it's about a four, a quarter. It's about a fourth, which 
I'd have to look this up to be positive, but I think that's in like the normal range of what you should spend on rent. So, you know, obviously it's not like I can't afford my rent, but I definitely could cut back in that area and be able to save a lot more money. So that is something that, you know, probably for the next place I move into, I'm going to try to be a little more conscious about like, okay, Lindsay, yes, you can still get a nice place, but you don't have to spend this much money every month because... Obviously, you know, that's why people choose to buy houses because it's more of an investment and then renting. Obviously, you know, you're not throwing your money away, but you're not getting your money back, of course. So yeah, and I'm not in the place where I'm ready to like start buying a house. So I just don't feel like I'm at that place yet where I'm like ready to, I don't know, settle down and want to buy a house. But you, you know, we'll see. It could probably be a good investment for me, but we'll figure it out when it's time. Anyway, um, that, so ask yourself, you know, what do you spend most of your money on? Could you cut back? Like, for example, like I was saying, once I move out of this place, which I don't know when that will be, I'm probably going to look for a place that's cheaper rent and I'm going to have to sacrifice because I'm used to, you know, paying a certain amount and having certain things that I really like. But I also believe that it would be smarter for me to spend less money on my rent and be able to save that money for other things like maybe saving up for a down payment on a house. So you know what I mean? These are just things that we can ask ourselves. Okay guys, I wanted to talk a little bit about credit as well as debt. Um, once again, I do go into these topics more on my YouTube videos in the series specifically that I talk about finances is called girl boss guide. So I'll go ahead and link that entire playlist in the, in not the description, um, the show notes, <laughs> um, because I do kind of go into like one topic in a video more in depth than I can do in this episode. You know what I mean? Just for like time purposes, credit is something that, you know, generally like you are going to need it. So, um, I want to say that, but you can get credit in little ways without having a credit card. Um, but you know, usually it's good to at least start like building a little bit of credit when you are younger, because hopefully using credit wisely will benefit you later in life. Like if you have to get a loan for a car, which is super common, you know, you want to have a better credit score for that because they are going to check your credit and you can get a lower, um, what's it called? Like interest rate, I think, (laughs) um, things like that. And of course for like later down the line, buying a home, you know, having a good credit score is important. So, um, I do also want to say though, like I know tons of people that are my age that do not have credit cards, just have a debit card. Like, I don't think my brother or sister has ever used a credit card and obviously they're living their lives. They're able to rent homes, rent apartments, do normal things like that, you know? So you don't know, I'm not saying you have to have a credit card, um, but you can build your credit in other ways. So, you know, paying off your, any loan that you might get, that's like a really good way to build your credit. Just paying that on time over time that will help. And what are other things? Like, obviously actually getting a credit card, even if it's just to make small payments on it, but you're able to make those payments and not, um, abuse the credit card and overspend on it, then that will help your credit score build too. Um, and there's probably totally other ways too, you guys. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm not a professional, but, um, 
just basically making your payments on time, any payments that you have, you know, paying your bills on time. That is the best stuff that you can do to raise your credit and just kind of get it going. Um, but basically let's talk about, you know, something that can happen with credit cards that happened to me, (laughs) which was really going into some debt for a long period of time. And, um, of course, you know, I would never blame that on credit cards. Like that was 100% me overspending beyond like above my means for a long period of time. And then once I got into debt, it was pretty hard to like get out of it for a while. I, I really was like not in a great place financially. Um, I've talked about this on my YouTube channel before you guys probably know, but basically, um, so I had credit cards since I was, I think 19, I got my first credit card and I really only had one. And, um, I got like one that you can get flight benefits and free bags because I travel all the freaking time. So, you know, I definitely, of course, recommend looking into certain benefits if you are getting a credit card. Um, But also, you know, you guys, I was really responsible with my credit card for quite a while. Like the beginning few years I had it, I would always, you know, make my full payments, which is the best thing that you can do. But I would say that overall, I really do prefer spending on a debit card because I really like the money to automatically come out of my account. And also I'm not able to, you know, spend more than I have because obviously you're going to get an overdraft fee and that's like the worst thing ever. So, you know, that's the thing with credit cards is like, typically you're like, okay, I I necessarily don't have all this money right now, but probably in a month when I get my next paycheck, like I'll be able to pay this off then. So, you know, people use them of course, for many different reasons. Lots of people use credit cards successfully. And there are other ways that you can go into debt too, of course, like a loan or student loans or any type of a loan is essentially debt, but you know what I mean? Um, that's something that you're typically going to like be paying off every month. And then credit cards just have like higher interest rates. And that's how you kind of like get into debt is because the amount that you didn't have, it kind of like will build over time. And then you get charged interest on the amount that you haven't been able to pay off. And that's how it like builds and builds and builds basically. Um, So anyway, like I said, just kind of without getting into crazy detail, um, I just like got into debt pretty quickly when I was moving out of LA and I had a lot of like big expenses come up at once. You know, I was moving and I had to pay an amount to like break my lease early, which looking back was like a really bad idea. And then I had to get a storage unit for all my stuff because I was going to come back to LA, but I wanted to move home for the summer to save money. So it was kind of all like, it just was all happening pretty fast. And I didn't have, I really didn't have good savings at that point. I was literally just like kind of um, living like essentially paycheck to paycheck, like month to month, um, just waiting for my next money to come in, but I didn't really have anything to spend. So, um, I really was trying to not spend, but at the same time, like you're gonna spend some money, you know what I mean? Like, it's not really going to be that possible to literally spend $0. So I was just trying to like make money in any way I could. That's when I started like doing Depop pretty seriously and was like making that like a big point And, just doing all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, I, you know, just got into debt and I found once I was pretty deep in debt, um, it was, it just kept adding on and adding on. And I got 
I think $15,000 in debt, which was like so shocking. I don't know. I just was like, what the fuck? I literally spent $15,000 that I don't have. Like that is actually so horrific. Um, you know, people have different amounts of debt, but that's like pretty bad for just like one person who's like 22 years old. So that was, you know, like I said, it just was very, it just happened really quick. And I was, you know, not, I just had so many expenses and I was just kind of like overspending, of course, like I had been spending beyond my means, I think for a while. And it eventually caught up to me when I realized, oh my gosh, like now I'm going to have to pay for all this stuff that I like didn't have savings for. So, you know, obviously that stuff can happen, but at the same time, like of course you can be responsible with credit cards. Like you basically just have to know how much you're spending on there and be able to pay it off. So yeah, it's easy to just swipe a card if you really want something and be like, you know, when I get my paycheck, I'll be able to pay this off. But it's also like, you never think about those unexpected expenses that can come up. So that's, I always recommend like keeping some sort of extra money for unexpected expenses. And a lot of, that's what actually, you know, a lot of people have to put things on credit cards because it does come up unexpectedly. And a lot of times we don't have enough savings for something that can come up, um, you know, like an injury, medical bills, car problems. There's so many things, right. That could like un unknowingly happen. So I just want to like make the importance of making that clear. And also like if, when you are going to get a credit card, just do a lot of research on, you know, lower interest rates. I know there's a lot of cards that you actually like don't have to pay like a yearly fee and you don't have to pay for like, I think one or two years, any amount of interest. So there are cards that you can like, that are better to get, you know what I mean? Like when you're starting. So just, you can compare credit cards online. Of course I got into debt when I was making like a hundred thousand dollars a year, which is pretty good for, I would say that's pretty good for someone my age. Um, that's like a pretty good salary for someone that's like, especially at the time I was like 22, 23. I would think I was making a little bit less money then, but I've tracked my income, my yearly income for the past, I think three years. And, um, it's been about, I, I have had years where I made less than that, but, um, it's been about a hundred thousand for the past two years. So yeah, I wanted to share that, that like, I do just feel like, you know, it can really happen to anyone. And just because like you are making pretty good money, <laughs> I mean, clearly I went to show that I was making pretty good money, but spending above my means still, um, and then of course, like I said, once you get into debt, it just adds all these extra expenses because you have to pay the interest on the amounts that you weren't able to pay and making the minimum payments, you're just going to get charged more interest and more interest. So the amounts just start adding up and that's kind of why they call it like a snowball of debt. And I definitely literally feel like that's what happened. Like exactly in my situation, like I was just snowballing out of control. The snowball kept getting bigger. The snowball got to $15,000 and then how did I get out of debt? Well, I actually have an entire YouTube video on it. So um, I could tell the story right now, but it took me over a year. I think I was in debt for a year and a half. So it took me that long. I never thought it would take me that long. When I first started getting into debt, like probably had 
$2,000 in debt because I had like put my rent on my credit card, literally worst idea I've ever had. Um, that was like at the beginning of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like just next month, I'll just be able to pay this off, obviously. But you don't, like, like I'm saying, there's so many unexpected expenses that come up. And it just from that point, like literally snowballed. And then um, I could never get out of it for a year and a half. And like, I was still working. I was trying to make as much money as I could. Like I was fucking grinding, hustling. But you know what? At the end of the day, you have to be patient. If you get yourself into into debt, hopefully you can get yourself out of it. Um, you really have to um, grind. You might have to pick up extra work, of course. Um, and you kind of just have to be patient because typically debt is not something that you can pay off quickly. But yeah, I mean, I was making pretty good money and it still took me a year and a half to pay it off. So just uh, that was something that I learned a lot from. I learned so much from that. And how I would summarize the feeling of being in debt, literally every single day when you wake up and go to sleep, I was thinking about the fact that I was like negative money and it was literally like the most disheartening. Like I did it completely to myself. Like Lindsay, like, how are we going to get out of this? Sometimes I really just would get so fucking frustrated and be like, not that I felt like I wasn't going to get out of it. I knew that I was going to be able to get out of it. And also like, I kind of want to normalize debt too, because so I think actually more people in America have debt than don't have debt. So I just want to really also like normalize it. Like obviously it's a bad thing essentially, but at the same time, like you can pay off your debt. It's very normal to have debt. It's very normal to have loans to pay off. Um, of course I have a car loan right now that I have to still pay off that I pay every month, but you know, <laughs> um, she's slow. So just know how normal this shit is. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just something that hopefully, you know, if you can, I'm just trying to say, if you can avoid getting into credit card debt, like you should, <laughs> you know, it's not, um, the most fun thing to have hanging over your head every day. So even though I was in debt for a year and a half, like I've been able to raise my credit score higher than ever because I was able to pay off my debt eventually. I did get some questions about investing and I just want to say like I am not very, very knowledgeable about investing. So I would go check out some other YouTubers or information online about maybe just you could Google or YouTube search how to get into investing or like easy investing. Cause I do some like little things, but you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I don't know that much about investing. To be honest, I know that, um, I have some stocks that are invested in like, I think that is in my Vanguard, like in my IRA. I don't know. All I know is I have a little bit of money invested in stocks. <laughs> Thanks to my dad. He was like, Lindsay, we should put some money into stocks. So he helped me with that. Um, but yeah, just, um, but if that's something that you're interested in, I mean, I definitely think it's worth researching. Um, and you could find out how to get into even just some easy, simple investing that you can do from an app on your phone. Okay, guys, I wanted to finish off the episode with a few questions that you guys had. Now you guys did submit a lot and I'm only picking a few just because I do feel like I've kind of gone over a lot in this episode already, probably answered a lot of questions already. And also because I didn't realize how long this got, <laughs> but um, I'm going to answer like five. So the first one is how to deal with your friends wanting to do expensive shit all the time. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is super relatable. Um, you know, maybe you have to become that person that's like the leader of the plans sometimes and you can suggest things to do that are not expensive i mean there's so many things that you can do um outside or even just like going to the park and maybe bringing like stuff that you have from your house to the park just go like listen to some music and just like hang out with friends there maybe everyone can bring like one thing like some person can bring like a bottle of wine and some person can bring like a snack or two other person brings a few other things, whatever it is. And then you guys can all kind of like still have fun together and like drink or whatever it is. Um, I know that a lot of times it's like going out to eat and going out to drinks that is expensive things that people want to do. So yeah. And also don't be afraid to be that person. That's like, you know, I'm just going to like stay in this time. Um, see you guys next time, you know, like you don't have to say yes. And you could also invite your friends over to your place and that could be free. You know what I mean? Everyone like, again, could like bring something to contribute, whether it's like a pizza or um, some drinks or something like that, you know? So I feel like there's other ways to do it. And if you feel comfortable around your friends, I feel like they should understand, you know, wanting to do less expensive activities. And one other thing I would suggest if like going out to eat is just something that kind of always happens or going out to drinks. Like I feel like a good way that you can save if you still really want to go, but you just don't want to spend like as much money is you can maybe split something with somebody. Um, that is going to cut, you know, the price of the meal in half. And a lot of times portions are just so big anyway. I feel like I just always wish someone would split something with me or that I could order like a half portion. Um, or you could order like an appetizer or you could order a couple sides from the menu. Don't feel like you have to spend 15, $20 on a meal. Like I said, you can also just say no or be like, I'm going to catch you guys next time. Or maybe like your friends can go to lunch and then you can meet up with them after. Or even if you really just want to hang out with them, you could always eat beforehand at home and like go and get just like a drink or something small. You know what I mean? So um, I hope those are some good tips, but obviously there's also tons of free things that, that you can do too. So um, just like making that clear to your friends, I feel like uh, could be really important too. Okay. The next question is tips for saving for your dream car down payment and any tips you have for first time buyers. I mean, honestly, I would say just like to save as much as you can, because I think that generally like the bigger the down payment is, it's just going to help you out in the long run. Cause you're not going to have to worry about paying as much off in interest and paying much off as much off in your loan. So my tips, uh, first of all, are don't go alone to the car place. If you're a girl, honestly, like not like a safety thing, just like they're literally going to try to like oversell you and stuff like that like go with literally whoever it is like even if it's just like a guy friend maybe your dad if you live close enough to your dad or an uncle or a trusted adult honestly like your partner um I'm not saying you like have to go with a guy but definitely at least go with someone older that kind of like knows what they're doing that's like my biggest 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 tip go with a parent if you can a family member an older sibling other than that yeah I mean just like I think just try to be patient with it if it's not like a dire situation like if you do have another car that you're able to use um just try to save for as long as you can and um you know first time car buying it's I mean obviously it's very 
normal. I mean, I got a car loan. Most people are going to go in and like put a down payment and then get a car loan. But um, just, you know, try to save up absolutely as much as you can for that down payment. And that's kind of like the best thing I can suggest. Um, other than, yeah, go with somebody that you trust. And I mean, you can like try to negotiate when you're buying a car. Um, so go with someone. I definitely don't have good negotiating skills when it comes to buying a car. So try to go with someone that does. If you know anyone that's a little bit more like that. But yeah, other than that, I would just say like, try to be patient and just really concentrate on like the end, the end goal, which is like having this dream car. So try to just like keep that in the back of your mind when you're like, Oh, I'm feel like I'm like saving all my money for this. Just like, you know, tell yourself that it's going to be worth it. And, um, yeah, I think those would be some of my top tips. Next question is how much money ballpark did you need to save to move out? Okay. So, um, obviously it depends on how much rent you're going to be paying, of course. Um, and where you're going to be moving, if it's a more expensive city or if it's more of like a smaller college town or not a big city, something like that. So keep those things in mind. Of course, a rule that I have heard is saving up at least if you can three months of like monthly income and expenses that you would need to pay for like three months in case, you know, you move somewhere and something happens or like, it's just like a good cushion. Um, I would say like at least $5,000 probably. Um, I know when my sister moved out to LA, my parents wanted her to save $10,000 before she moved out. Cause they were like, you're going to LA. Like it's going to be a more expensive lifestyle. We want you to be good. Like we don't want you to like go there. And then three months later, not have enough money to support yourself and have to come home. Like we want this to be successful for you. Um, that could be like high again, once again, depending on how much your rent is and your lifestyle, I mean, I would say probably like at least 5,000 if you can, or I mean, just a few thousand, but like having a steady job that you're going to be starting once you move. Like, I think you don't need to have as much saved, quite as much saved if you definitely have like a full guaranteed job that you're going to be able to start getting money. But if you're moving somewhere and you don't necessarily have a job secured, then I would definitely save more, like at least 5,000. Um, but once again, like it really depends on your lifestyle, but yeah, anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000, I mean, that might sound like a lot, but I, I just feel like I would rather give people like more of a higher cushion than be like, you know, only, only a thousand or 2000, because straight up like that, you could blow through that really quickly with like rent and expenses when you move out somewhere. So that's kind of where that ballpark number would come from. Like you asked how to deal with internal guilt about not being able to save much in college. Shiz sucks. Yeah. I mean, this is super relatable. College is just like a time where like, typically you're not going to have that much money. You're not like in your you know full-time job. And a lot of times you might not even really be working much because you're in school full-time and very busy with things. So um, how to deal with internal guilt. I mean, I would just say like everybody feels this way in college straight up, like everyone feels this way. So don't feel guilty because literally basically everyone goes through this and, um, everyone's going to have money struggles at some point, but I would say, you know, I don't know your financial situation. I don't know your job, but maybe you can pick up some sort of like a little side hustle, um, and try to save from that. I mean, like I mentioned at the beginning, I do feel like there's so many, so many ways that you can make money nowadays. Right. Um, even if it's not like a amazing, 
high paying job, but you can maybe do a couple things on the side that are at least like helping you be able to like get by and maybe save a little bit. Other than that, just like looking at what you are spending your money on and maybe some ways that you could even cut back more than that. Um, like spending, going to cheaper grocery stores, spending less money on, you know, things like that. And really just trying to like use what you have. Maybe there's things around your house or your apartment that you can sell and you can make some money. Maybe you could pick up like reselling, which is basically like going thrifting, finding good stuff and reselling it for a higher profit. Um, that's something that so many people do for like their businesses or like vintage shops and stuff like that. So, um, look into all of that. You know what I mean? Like stay positive or try to be out of the like victim mindset because I know it's so easy to be like, this is all happening to me. Like money's so hard. I'm never going to have enough money for what I want. But that kind of mindset, like the broke mindset, honestly will keep you in that state. Um, you really have to, I know it's hard, but you really have to start thinking of money as like just thinking about money in a healthier mindset and not even that alone, just like is so powerful. So trying to get out of that, like broke mindset a little bit, even though, I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but if you guys ever read like the book, you are a badass by Jen Sincero, um, you are a badass at making money. So that's another one in the series. Like I definitely recommend any sort of finance books like that, that kind of just help to change your mindset around money, because that is a huge part of like feeling like you're broke all the time is like, if you say that you're broke all the time, like you're going to be broke because you're just, you know what I mean? Like that relationship and that mindset around money is never going to like be beneficial at the end of the day. And just realize that this is like a temporary phase in your life. Everybody struggles with money in college and, um, you're gonna, you know, you're going to be able to get out of this and you're going to make more money. And, um, you know, it's very normal. The last question I'm going to answer for today is, do you see value and purpose in overspending on an item or experience that you really would like to have, even if it means being less financially stable later for a small amount of time? And then in parentheses, she said three months or less. So I think this is kind of a specific situation that she's talking about, but personally, um, I do, I do think that if you are a, like overspending on something or spending a lot, maybe buying a car and that's going to be like all your savings, right. Um, and like treating yourself and it means, yes, you're going to be less financially stable for a period of time after that. Cause you're going to have to essentially like start your savings from zero again or something like that. I mean, I think it's worth it if you genuinely like really, really feel confident that you have the means to be able to like build up your money again and like be comfortable. Like I don't ever recommend spending like all of your money. Like at least please try to have like something there, like a little, a little cushion, a little backpack, backpack, <laughs> a little backup. <laughs> um, but yes, that definitely happens. Like that's how I felt after I bought my car, literally like all of my savings for the past like year went to my car because um, I wanted to do a really big down payment so I would have less interest and loan. Um, but at the end of the day, like after that, you know, I was basically down to nothing other than my monthly earnings that were coming in. You know, I didn't have anything in savings after that. I spent like basically everything. Um, and I do think that like, I felt confident at that time to make that decision. So just make sure you feel like confident enough in your future finances, like your job is secure and you are going to like prioritize saving again. 
um, once you buy something expensive. Also, guys, like something to keep in mind, if you're buying something that you're going to have a loan on, such as a car or something like that, you got to start factoring that, like the amount you're going to pay on your loan into your monthly budget after that. So you're going to have to have, you know, money to pay every month towards that loan to make sure that you can actually afford this item, right? Because you don't essentially own it until you pay off your loan. So keep that in mind too, of course, like don't forget about your future finances just because you really want something in the moment. It's definitely worth just like making a overall plan about your finances. And that is the last question I'm going to answer because it got like this solo episode got long and honestly it's 9 p.m. and I really need to eat dinner. So I hope that this was helpful. I really love talking about finances, personal finance. It honestly gets me going and I do really hope you guys enjoyed this. Feel free to give me your feedback on this episode. You can DM me on the podcast Instagram and you can leave comments on the podcast Instagram. That is the best way to get involved. I'm always doing like polls over there and asking you guys what you want to hear and you can contribute your questions for the episodes. So um, go check that out. It's always linked in the show notes. And until next week, hope you guys have an awesome week. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to episode 30 and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.